Listen, if you are like most people, you spend a lot of time on social media and it feels like it's a waste of time, why not start figuring out how your time on these social media platforms can actually make you some money by leveraging those things that you recommend, the products you love, the things that you talk about, the great deal on a rug that you just got, the lash product that has changed your life. If you're one of those people that believes sharing is caring and you love sharing your favorite things and deals and those kinds of things, like you should be getting paid for that. But brands aren't going to reach out to you. You need to know how to reach out to them to set up these brand deals. And again, they don't care if you have a big following. They don't care if you don't go on camera. They just want to know, are you somebody that people trust and engage with? If that could be you and you want to learn how to do this the right way, we have a new mini course that is super easy to get through. It's really fast to get through. And it walks you through the process of how to get started with brand deals. It's pretty cool. Like we teach you how to pitch yourself. We put together templates for you so you can just like basically copy and paste the email. We show you how to put together a media kit. In fact, we give you a template so you can just like drop and drag your own photos and information about your social media platform. We will teach you how to ask for free product from companies and then how to negotiate your rates. And with the big changes to Instagram, you know, Instagram's favoring smaller accounts, like the time is now. So don't miss this opportunity. Check it out right now. Go to shaleen.com forward slash micro. Again, it's shaleen.com forward slash micro. And let's get you some brand deals. Hey, what's going on? Thanks so much for joining me here today on The Shaleen Show, where we are going to talk about friendships. So friend, let's get to it. I wanted to start by saying I'm certainly not an expert at friendships, but you know, I've had a few. (laughs) And I like to think I've had a lot of success. I also like to think that I've worked through a lot of difficult moments, difficult times in my friendships, the ones that are really worth salvaging. And I want you to know that there are friendships that can and should last you a lifetime. Traumas, like trauma really does impact relationships, especially friendships. Did you know that your relationship with your mom, your relationship with your dad, and your relationship with your siblings impacts your friendships today? Your very early childhood relationships affect your friendships today. All of those things do, which is why it's really important to, not to bring up therapy again, but You know, there are certain things that if these patterns just keep showing up over and over again in your relationships, at a certain point, you have to stop going like, why do people keep doing this to me? And you have to realize like, hello, hello, you're the common factor. You know, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but like if there seems to be a consistent theme in all of your friendships, yeah, well, I think it goes without saying, you just have to recognize your picker is broken, the way that you're viewing friendships is distorted, perhaps, or perhaps it's a matter of perception. And all of these things you can work through with a great therapist. Danielle, thank you so much for being on The Shalene Show. And I just love the kind of you start with that self-awareness piece. And I think that's so important. It really is because I tell you what, sometimes women come to me and it's all about their friends and their issues. And how do I tell her she needs to stop this and do that? And while that's true, is it possible that we're all walking around here pointing the finger at other people without some requirement of, oh, wait a second, maybe maybe that's on me. Maybe I'm in a season of being too direct or speaking too harshly, or I'm jealous right now. And it's hard for me to be happy for my friends. And I got to work on that. you know. And so if we're all willing to do the work personally, I think our friendships will be better for it. 
let's break down the purpose of a friendship. Now, the first person to do this that I'm aware of anyways, or perhaps the most famous person to, to really break down the purpose and meaning of friendships was Aristotle. A couple of things that we do know that friendships provide for us, the first of which is affirmation. So we like having friends because it makes us feel affirmed. We like to have people around us who make us feel important, make our ideas feel like they're normal. It's a relationship. And relationships, we use relationships to know that we are significant, that we matter, that we're doing things right, that we're normal. This first very basic level of why it is we desire friendships can also give us some indication of why friendships can often become toxic or why friendships are often revered or looked at in such a way like they have more power than what they really should have. Because, I mean, before we go much further, if we're looking to another person for affirmation, if we need to know that we're significant because of how we define our relationship with somebody else, we're already in big trouble. We've already moved way too far away from God's love. I mean, it's really, we don't need affirmation from anyone else to be worthy, to be significant, to know that we're lovable. And I know that's easier said than done. It's hard to feel as though you are lovable. It is hard to feel as though you are worthy if it doesn't feel like other people are giving you that assurance. But the bottom line is, the more you need that from other people, the more desperate and needy you are going to be in friendships. All right, Meg says, how do you let go of a friend that you know is really bad for you when you're super forgiving? Oh, Meg, this is going to sting a little bit, but I'm just going to say it. You let go of someone who you know isn't good for you because you love yourself enough to realize you deserve better. And I understand that there might be some nostalgia. Maybe there's parts of your friendship that are really fun and rewarding, but you know this person isn't good for you. Again, I don't think it has to be like a formal thing. I don't think we have to say like, I need to break up with you because you're like a really crappy person (laughs) or you're a really bad influence on me. That doesn't feel good. No one needs to hear that. But I do think it's okay to communicate that you're in a place in your life where you just need different things and you need to protect your well-being and just kind of put it on yourself so that that person isn't left wondering if they've done something wrong. But Meg, I want you to know that when you think highly of yourself, you will want to spend time with people who elevate you and who are good for you because you love you and you can't imagine taking that very precious time because, I mean, there's nothing more precious than our time, you guys. What might be considered a casual friendship is, you know, your person you hang out with at work. Like, you know, you, you have good time chatting with them at work. It's someone who you associate with because of proximity. An example of this might be your son or daughter plays on a sports team and you're going to practice a couple of times a week and you end up sitting in the stands next to the other moms and you develop a friendship with one or two of the other moms. Even though this might continue on for some period of time, it's probably a pretty casual relationship. These are friends who, because of that proximity, oftentimes when that changes, meaning you're no longer working at the same office or your kids aren't playing on the same sporting teams, like those friendships kind of start to slowly fade away. And you're like, oh yeah, remember 
Jenny? Whatever happened to Jenny? Yeah, I haven't seen her in years. It wasn't like there was a fallout, but there was something about that friend that for whatever reason, maybe it was you, maybe it was them, maybe it was mutual, it didn't have the chops, it didn't have what it needed to go to the next level. And that is okay. Not only is it okay, it's a must-have because you only have a certain amount of energy. And most of that energy should be devoted to your immediate family and the people who are at the very, very highest tier of this friendship level. To beat yourself up or to wonder what went wrong and why you're no longer friends with this person who you once had a casual relationship with is a waste of time and energy. You know, God has a reason why they brought that person into your life for that season. And if it was meant to last longer or to have gone deeper, it would have. Don't force it. Liz asks, how do I avoid not feeling hurt when I have been left out? First, we have to remember that no one can hurt us without us giving them permission. In other words, we have to first give them that much significance and power over our self-worth and our value. We have to do that first in order to actually experience hurt. That's why, as I've said many times on the podcast, I don't think I've ever in my life, I don't think I have, said that someone has hurt me. I felt disappointed. I have been sad or saddened by someone's actions, but I will never give somebody that much power over my value and self-worth that I will allow them to hurt me. Okay, but let's talk about this exact situation. So you've got a group of friends and you find out that they have just, I don't know, scheduled something or made plans. Maybe you saw it on Instagram. That's the worst. You know, it feels really and you are like, well, how come no one invited me? Here's how you handle it. Don't take it personal. Give everybody that's involved the benefit of the doubt. The worst thing we can do is start crafting a narrative in our own head, which may or may not be true. And then we make it worse. And then we assume that this person said this. Oh, they intentionally didn't invite me because fill in the blank. Who knows why? But there's probably one person who you can have a conversation with. Do not, and this is my personal opinion, as soon as you begin thinking about having a conversation and you begin describing it as a confrontation, you've already made it very adversarial. And no one wins when we approach a conversation from the standpoint of being enemies or putting somebody on blast or confronting someone. Nobody wins. We get defensive and everybody walks away unhappy. The best way to do this is just just to have a low-key conversation with the person who you need to have that conversation with, where you are not coming across as a victim, where you're not making any assumptions. Don't assume that you are unintentionally uninvited or not invited. You just don't know the circumstances. I've done this myself. If it's something I wanted to be invited to, very casually, I'll reach out to that person and say, it looks like you guys had so much fun. I was so wishing I was there. Next time you're doing something like that, please make sure I'm on the guest list or please make sure you let me know because I would love to be a part of that. That's it. And if it continues to happen repeatedly, well then, now you know you weren't meant to be a part of this group, which means they don't deserve you and you deserve better. Let's talk about mindset. I'm already making the statement. I have a really hard time making friends. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling to do this. Is that an awareness or is that perhaps a self-sabotaging mindset? 
Mm, I think to acknowledge something is difficult, I definitely think is the beginning of knowing how to take action. Like, okay, this is hard. Like, am I the only one? Finding adult friends is kind of tricky. I think to acknowledge that is a good place to start. Some mindsets or lies that I've heard people believe that definitely stand in the way are, I would want to make friends, but it's too late for me. That's a big one. Everybody already has their friend group. That is one that is going to you know, subconsciously direct your behavior. Because if I believe that it's too late for me, then no, I'm not going to engage in moments of of connection. No, I'm not going to reach out to initiate a conversation with the woman I kind of admire because I've told myself, well, it's too late for you or those women who've had their girlfriends for 20 years and you don't have friends like that. You're behind. You're starting from scratch. That's a huge one I've noticed. Or some of us who are coming out of friendship breakups, we think, well, I'll never find friends like the friends I used to have. And it's Mm. like, think about it in a romantic context. If I was like, oh, I've already had a great guy. I'll never find that again. Well, then I'm not going to keep my mind and heart open to new connections. And finally, one I see a lot is, you know, I don't know, I don't think people will like me once they get to know me. So it kind Mm. of holds you back from even starting. Uh, Because of whatever insecurities we have in ourselves, we feel like the closeness and intimacy that we want to experience in a friendship also comes with a risk and a sense of exposure. And we feel like, well, I want closeness, but if we get close, she'll see my ugly side. She'll see my messy house. She'll see me mess up and she'll see the real me. And that stops a lot of us from engaging in what could be really fruitful relationships. Special thanks to Organifi for sponsoring this edition of The Shaleen Show. I know I've talked about my favorite Organifi products. What I love about Organifi is my diet isn't perfect, even though I you know, try to eat as healthy as possible. I try to eat unprocessed foods, but no matter how perfect you are, like you have to live your life and I don't really want to track every single nutrient. So of those things that are really important, I make sure I supplement. And frankly, I feel like I take a lot of pills and capsules for my supplements. So it's nice to have something that can just mix with water and it tastes delicious and I can improve my immune system or I can improve my brain health or I can support a deeper level of rest and sleep. And so that's why I love the Organifi products. I'll tell you the three that are my top favorites. I mix a packet of pure and a packet of immunity into my water a couple times a day. And sometimes in the evening, not every night, but sometimes I will have a Organifi Gold Chocolate. It is a mix. It's like a soothing blend of medicinal mushrooms. It doesn't taste like mushrooms. It really tastes like kind of an earthy hot chocolate. And it just is very calming, helps you to sleep a little deeper. Anyways, they have a whole host of 100% USDA certified organic ingredients with many of the nutrients that your diet might be missing that can improve your brain health, your immune system, and many other areas. So check them out. You get 20% off when you use code Shaleen. When you go to Organifi, I'll spell it, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shaleen. Again, that's 20% off when you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shaleen. And it's a wonderful way to support the show. We weren't meant to be friends with everyone, and we certainly weren't meant to be lifelong friends with everyone. And yeah, friendships are complicated. It's funny because we know that relationships are hard and that they take work and that they're not always comfortable. We know that about marriage. We know that about the relationships with our parents, our siblings, our children. We know that they take work. We know that relationships at work 
take work, that there's going to be tough times that we've got to work through and we're going to have to communicate and we might have to go to therapy. But it's funny how we have this preconceived notion about friendships that they're supposed to be easy, that they're supposed to be effortless, which makes zero amount of sense. The best, most rewarding relationships that I have, the relationships that have been 15, 20, 30 years are the ones that have gone through ups and downs, seasons, times where we spent a lot of time together, periods where we didn't talk as often. They've gone through really uncomfortable conversations, growth, changes, and even re kind of categorizing the way I sometimes feel about a particular friend. Like, you know, there have been friends who I've considered like best friends. Maybe it was because of proximity. We worked together or we were spending a lot of time together because we were doing a project or whatever it was. And and then the relationship maybe changed, might have changed because of proximity. It could change because our priorities shift. And when your priorities shift, oftentimes your relationships do too. And I don't know if it's from the movies or books or why it is that we think friendships aren't supposed to change and aren't supposed to be difficult and challenging and that they're not supposed to take work. The most rewarding friendships you will have are going to take work. They're going to take difficult conversations. They're going to take maybe periods of time where you have to take a break. Someone has to apologize. You both have to come together. Like It's no different from any other relationship. I just think we have unrealistic, especially ladies, we have really unrealistic expectations when it comes to friendships. It takes time to develop a close friendship. You cannot force a close friendship. You have to establish trust. And once trust is broken, this person might go back into the, you know, just general friends or casual friends category. They might not think of them anymore as a close friend. You might think of them as someone who's a formerly close friend. And that's okay if they're a casual friend who was once a close friend because, frankly, you don't have a lot of spots on the bench for close friends. You just don't. I mean, when I meet someone and they say, oh, I've got like 20 close friends. I'm like, 20? 20 close friends? Really? No, I bet you have like five close friends and then maybe another 15 who are, you know, they could be close friends. But You have to devote time and energy and care and empathy and all of these things into anyone that you consider a close friend. And I dare say that anyone who says they have, you know, 20 close friends probably isn't a very good friend. How could they be? Because they've got so many other people to take care of, not to mention their significant other. How do I give advice to a friend who can't take it? You don't. If you have someone who can't take advice, it means they probably haven't asked for advice. And the fact that they can't take it means that they're not going to do anything with it anyways. All you will do is waste your energy and your breath. You'll waste time worrying about it, thinking about it, thinking through it, developing a strategy, offering them advice. Like You will waste so much time feeling frustrated. It's pointless. So stop trying to control another person. If you can't accept them and love them as they are then you probably shouldn't be friends. There's something there where you want to control that person. You want to be right. And that which is quite different from someone coming to you and saying, you know, can I get your advice or feedback on something? When someone does that, oh, that, that's just such a beautiful invitation. Like anytime a friend reaches out to me and says, can I get your advice? Or can I share this 
with you and it's something that's really private and personal. I'm so honored and so touched by that. But I've learned over the last, you know, 30 years of long-term deep friendships that I had to stop giving advice where it hadn't been asked for. So even though that's my nature, obviously, hello, you listen to the show, you know that's my nature. Now what I'll, I will do is if if I just cannot help myself and I've got that type of relationship with this particular person, I might say, listen, you have not asked me for this advice, so please ignore, delete if you want to, but I can't help but want to suggest fill in the blank. But you haven't asked for it, so again, I apologize if this is not something you need or if it's not helpful, but as a friend who loves you, I just wanted to say this. But I can express that without any expectation that they're going to follow through on it because they didn't ask for it. It's quite a different story, however, when you've got that friend who continually is asking you for advice, continually asking for your guidance, your mentorship, your feedback, your input, you give it to them, and it almost feels like they're like, oh, thanks, I guess I'll do the opposite. What do you do with that? Well, at a certain point, you have to realize your own role in the situation and recognize that you're the person who keeps giving them advice when you know, you know, based on their track record, they're not going to take it. So in the future, when they ask for it, you can simply say, yeah, wow, I don't know what I would do. That's a really good one. I don't know. Wow, you really stumped me. And don't give them advice. What's very interesting about an intimate relationship is it takes forever to build it. It really does. Most people are going to stay in the close friend category for a long time. Intimate friendships, they are the kinds of friendships that you'll have for a lifetime. They take a very, very long time to develop because they take time to be able to establish the level of trust, empathy, admiration, shared virtues. It takes a long time to be able to know that someone, no matter what happens, they're going to be there for you. It is not a relationship of convenience or utility. It's not a relationship because of proximity or a shared season, interest, or hobby. It's the type of friendship that you feel love for this person, deep love, like like as deep as the love that you feel for your family. And that takes a long time to develop. Maintaining a friendship like this requires that you love someone so much that you can be selfless, that you can be compassionate, that you can forgive, that you can work through difficult things, and you're both really, you're focused on growth. One of these intimate relationships, so it just, it provides you with so much. Like it just, it feels good all the way down to your bones because you know this person sees you without ever having to see you and you see them. And you don't have to be the same, but you really understand each other. You love each other and you've invested a lot of emotional energy into each other. And very much like a close friendship, someone who is an intimate friend They too, you have such love for each other that you can drift apart for a period of time. You might not see each other as often, but it always feels like you picked up right where you left off. However, with most intimate relationships, this person is going to be in your life very consistently. It's very rare that an intimate friend takes years or months without really connecting 
And I don't mean necessarily connecting in person. Now it's wonderful that we can use voicemail messages and video conferences. And, you know, I can stay really close to some of my closest, most intimate friends without having to see them very often. Thank goodness for that. But our intimate friendships, you're going to have very few intimate friendships. Very few. Typically, you'll only have one, maybe two or three at a time, but there's always one that's just like, that's the person. And maybe you don't have someone right now who you consider an intimate friend. And to that, I say, don't force it. That person may just be a close friend for you right now, but over time and experiences and life just going on, that person may prove to be a very dear, intimate friend. And you just never know when or who or where that's going to be, but you'll just feel joy and a deep sense of love. And that is going to go on for years. Remember, someone can't like immediately be an intimate friend. I mean, it literally takes years, I think. And they're very treasured, very special, very, very rewarding friendships. You know who you are. I love you. One-sided friendships. How do I cope? Well, the first thing we want to look at is responsibility bias, which means basically we all think we do more than anyone else. In most romantic relationships, even work-related relationships, we all believe that we're doing so much more than everybody else. We just have this bias where we don't see what other people are doing or what they're contributing. And this is especially true of friends. We each have a gift, and it often relates to our own love language. One of you is the planner. One of you is the person who does all the communicating. One of you is the person who brings the fun. One of you is the person who does words of affirmation. One of you is the person who always shows up with little gift bags. Like We each have something special that we hopefully bring to a relationship But we often only see the thing that we bring. And because we're looking for the thing that we bring, we're looking for our friends to be bringing that too. But they often bring something very different to the relationship. Now, not always. There are certainly one-sided friendships. There are. But even in a one-sided friendship, and I'm sharing with you right now personal experience, there was a period of time where I was so annoyed with my very close group of girlfriends, I'm sure maybe a couple of them are listening right now, because I did all the planning that no one ever invited me on a trip. Like, why was I always putting together the trips? Why was it always me who coordinated these special things that we did? Or why was it me that made sure that everyone, you know, stayed in touch? And then I realized, well, that's who I am. That's just what I do. And I probably wouldn't like it if somebody else did it anyways, because I'm a control freak and I I like doing that. But I'm not the one who cooks breakfast when we're all together. I'm not the one who leads our prayer circle in the morning. I'm not the one who gets everyone to take shots at 2 a.m. and stays up until 4 a.m. dancing and entertaining everybody else. But that's a necessary component. Like Those are fun things. Those are special things that those individuals bring to our friendship group that I don't. And that's what makes our friendship group special. And I I just had to stop just looking at what I was doing and recognizing that the reason why I was a person like kind of planning and keeping everybody together is because I was doing that. So I know what you're thinking. But if I don't maintain the friendship, well, then the friendship may fizzle. Who knows? 
Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I've certainly tested that out myself. I believe if you feel burdened by the effort you have to put into a friendship, well, then pull back, not to test the person, not to punish the person, but just pull back so that the amount that you are devoting, the amount of time and effort and attention that you you're giving to the friendship feels appropriate. It feels it feels good for you. It doesn't feel like a burden. Because if it feels like a burden, that's not fair to you and it's not fair to them. And you will build resentment. But oftentimes what will happen is you will find the other person will be like, oh, wait, wait, hmm, that's, that's funny. I haven't, I haven't heard from so-and-so in a while or we haven't gotten together in a while. And, and you will likely see them reciprocate because friendships do need to be reciprocal in order to feel good. And you guys, it's okay to communicate that, not in a confrontation, but in a loving conversation that starts with you. You know, the the more we can make it about ourselves, the more comfortable it is to have this conversation. Friendship that has been valuable and that has served both of us is worth fighting for, is worth working through difficult things. But there's a difference between working through difficult times and just gently realizing, you know, we're in different places. I, I still have love for them in my heart. I, I still wish the best for them. We're just, we're just drifting apart. We're, we have different things that we're interested in. We live in different places. We're in different seasons of our lives. In which case, you know, I'll never force a friendship. Friendships can be very organic. Sometimes they take on different shapes and different meanings and more significance at different points in our lives. Now you have to remember that your friendships, if you're trying to force them, it's like trying to force money into your life. If you desperately need something, the universe will push it away. If you know you're already receiving something, you're going to receive more of it. If you're already grateful for the people you have in your life and the relationships you have, and they make your life more enriched and happier, but you don't need them, yet you're grateful for them, you'll find more of that. But if you have to force a friendship, if you have to force communication and it's not mutual, then you have to let it go. You just have to let it be. It's truly that simple. Thank you so much for listening today. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to go to the Apple podcast and find the place where you leave a review for this show. And just know that doing so is so incredibly valuable. It's the reason why we're still doing this. And it really means a lot to me. It's how people find out about the show. It's like I say, the show is free. Leaving a review is the tip jar. So if you haven't done so recently, please let me know by uh, leaving me a five-star review on the podcast that you found most helpful and meaningful recently. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, just do me a favor and double check and make sure that you're subscribed or following if you're actually someone who listens on the Apple podcast. And if you've got just like 30 seconds, it would really mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review and tell me specifically what it is you liked about this episode. My show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do also have a business podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I host that with my son, Brock. It's called Build Your Tribe. You should check it out. There's always a link in the show notes. I'm sure you know this, but on Fridays, my episodes are very casual. It's very personal. It's usually stuff with myself and my husband. If you love that kind of stuff, I want to invite you to check out my Patreon. It's all of the Shaleen Show episodes ad-free. 
In addition to that, for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes. And this is this is the stuff that's like kind of too personal to put on The Shaleen Show. It, it's all personal stuff. There's like no like personal development. It's just real, raw, what's going on in our lives, stuff we can't talk about on the show. However, if you are easily offended, Patreon is not for you. That's not the place to be, all right? You can learn more about it by going to patreon.com forward slash The Shaleen Show. Any of the links that I referenced in this episode will show up in the show notes, which are just below the episode. To learn more about the services that I offer and to take advantage of some of the free resources, I invite you to check out my website, which can be found at shaleen.com. 